Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams. Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, and uh, this is your host, Andy Brams. Today is a special episode, really. We have a roundtable, so to speak, and Dr. Rodney Harrison, the president of the Baptist Home or Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, is with me today. Rodney, you have a couple of guests with you. Would you like to reintroduce yourself and share who is in the room with you today? Well, thank you very much, Andy. It's a pleasure to be back on Biblical Perspectives of Aging. Again, I'm Rodney Harrison, president of the Baptist Homes, a position that I have enjoyed now for just over one year. To my right is Dr. Ron Mackey. Ron has been with the Baptist Homes for over 20 years. Uh, he has been on an earlier podcast, and he currently serves as our vice president for community engagement. Uh, Ron has served both on the board of the Baptist Home and has served on the corporate staff in various capacities. So we'll have him join us with his institutional memory. And then to my left is Joe Obeling. Joe is one of the newest team members of Baptist Homes, and I hope that we'll be able to talk about him and brag on him a little bit later in the uh, podcast. Joe serves as our chief operations officer. Joe comes to Baptist Homes after uh, about 18 years working for the Missouri Baptist Convention, and uh, prior to that, over a decade of banking experience. And so we are thrilled to have Brother Joe with us for serving as our operations officer. Well, great. I'm sure he would like for you to brag on him publicly as well. So that would be good. Well, uh, today's episode, really having you three in the room allows us to talk kind of big picture. We're calling this particular episode a view from 30,000 feet. And so allowing you to give a few details, but a little bit of an idea of where we are going as the Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministry. So could you Let's start with a COVID update, which I know we've had in the past couple of episodes. We've had some administrators on and, and uh, a one of the chaplains on to talk about that. But how are things going generally from a COVID perspective? Uh, what has been the impact upon the long-term care rebounding as we're moving forward from from the, the depths of COVID, at least over the last several months and, and year? Uh, just give us an update on that, please. Okay, well, thank you very much, Andy. Well, you know, the Baptist Homes, we were really blessed to maintain a COVID-free environment through uh, the fall of 2020. It had been something that we had been praying for. In fact, ironically, I think it was in September edition of uh, our state newspaper, The Pathway, that I had written an article about the COVID miracle, the fact that on all four campuses, we had managed to maintain a COVID-free environment. The month of October came, and in October, we literally saw every campus, or no, excuse me, three of our four campuses uh, impacted by the coronavirus. And of course, that is an opportunity to really practice what we preach, the recognition that sometimes things don't go exactly the way we want them to, this doctrine of theodicy. Why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow bad things to happen? You know, why doesn't he just keep illness from the world? And yet during that season, it was really a, a sweet season for the Baptist home as we leaned on one another more, as we grew, I think, more as an organization rather than four separate campuses, we really started functioning as a unity. 
and as a, uh, an organization with a common mission, a common purpose, and a common value. We continued to have periodic outbreaks, but I am pleased to say we have not had any positive cases since early February. So we've been COVID-free since February. Uh, we, we were blessed to be able to start the vaccination program in late December, starting with Arcadia Valley. And like I said, we have now been able to be uh, COVID-free since February. And that has opened up all types of opportunities. Uh, you know, when you think about the impact on long-term care, not only did the coronavirus really for the last year and two months, nobody wants to move into a, a congregate care environment. Nobody wanted to do that for a while. Uh, we're actually seeing our, our, our rooms filling again. We're seeing our census rebounding. It was down uh, over 20% at one point. And now as of last week, I think we're, we're probably right about where we were year to date last year. So things are starting to rebound again. But also, um, I think we're a healthier environment. And a little bit later, we'll probably talk a little bit more about uh, some of the things that COVID has taught us. But uh, how things are going, I would say they're going to go, they're going well. I'm going to ask Ron just to kind of speak to that because Ron is actually uh, one who spends a little bit more time working uh, on the floor and with our administrators. And so, Ron, do you want to just add your thoughts to how things are going related to COVID? Well, I think, as Rodney said, it's been since February that we've had uh, an outbreak on any of our campuses, um, which has created the opportunity for us to very slowly and incrementally begin to reopen our, our campuses. Currently, on all, on all four of our campuses, we are open for visits by appointment with family. They need to call, set up an appointment, and uh, they are able to come and visit their loved one um, pretty much in that residence room uh, we are also open to pastors uh, to be able to come in, and they can come see their, their church members in our facilities as well. So that, that is enabling us to move forward. And our, our residents are now able to basically have full freedom uh, within the campus. They're eating together. We still have the plexiglass shields. We still have a little bit of distancing. But we're beginning to realize that we may not need even those plexiglass shields because all of our residents, um, well, the vast majority of them have had their full round of vaccines. And that gives us the opportunity to, to get them back to a more normal life, uh, which I remember the day of our vaccine clinic here at Ironton, when our first resident came out of the, the medical room where the vaccines were being given. And you, know, you have to come out and wait for 15 minutes before you go back to your room. Spontaneously, when she came out, those who were waiting to receive their vaccine just started applauding. Hmm. Uh, and it was just kind of a celebration that maybe we're going to get back to something uh, normal. One of the things that we've learned from this is how to connect with our residents' families electronically, uh, be it by, by a phone, by a tablet. We have become much more knowledgeable about social media than we were before. And, uh, you know, before it was like a nuisance. Now it's a requirement. We are not going back to the way things were before. We are going to continue to have opportunities for our residents and their families to connect electronically. We have some family members who live hundreds of miles away 
from their loved ones. So this is a great avenue for us. And quite honestly, COVID is what taught us how to do that. Let's go down that path for just a moment because obstacles and challenges that come our way lead to different innovations, lead to different opportunities. Obviously, it's a mindset. We can get trapped within the the challenges themselves, or we can seek a way forward, seek a way through them. And and sometimes that's easier than others. But Ron, you just mentioned, and I'll I'll throw this to anyone, uh, that because of COVID, you are now using technology, you are uh, uh, enabling families to visit with their uh, with their family that are residents, even though they may not be able to come and to see. So what are some other opportunities that COVID has provided during uh, these last several months as you've adapted? What are some other lessons perhaps that you have learned over this past 14 months that you will continue uh, to put to good use in the days and years ahead? One thing that comes to mind is just how our campuses uh, were able to be innovative. Um, you know, alternatives to maybe being in the facility. You know, everything from having parades where families would get together and we would literally have a parade of cars going around the facilities where families could wave at their uh, loved ones. And um, I think there's a heightened awareness of, you know, if you're not feeling well, if, if let's say Sunday you're at church and you kind of have a tickly throat, but boy, every Sunday we, we have come to go visit grandma or we visited mom or we, we would always go see dad. Now we understand that probably if you've got that tickly throat, if you're not feeling well, it, it's wise not to come on campus. Uh, one, of the, one of the things we discovered across the nation is that the number of infections among our residents, they decreased dramatically because of the heightened awareness of things like just personal hygiene, of hand washing. And now visitors have that expectation when they come into a facility, they, they, they wash their hands, they, they prepare, and they're creating a safer environment for everybody. So that would be, I think, one of the things that has improved. Um, I think I'll, I'll let probably Ron and maybe Joe say a few things. But then I would love to, you know, you mentioned about opportunities. I'll tell you, uh, we'll kind of continue with maybe some opportunities that have been presented to the Baptist homes uh, as a result of this. But what what else is happening on the campuses that are encouraging, Ron? I think there's a greater greater sense of camaraderie among our staff. You know, they have each, each, each area of our staffing, be it dietary, nursing, housekeeping, maintenance, social services, uh, campus pastor activities, they all have their little niche areas where they've worked. Uh, but what COVID has done is, is it's, it's forced them all, not that they were really separated, but, but they each have areas of focus. And they've all begun to realize that these, these focuses are all integrated together. And the way they saw that was when one of those areas or several of those areas could not occur like congregate worship, uh, like dining together. How do you then keep these people spiritually and emotionally healthy when, when they've, they've pretty much been confined to their rooms? Mm-hmm. You know, your interview you did with Steve Mosley, I think touched on that very eloquently as he talked about the residents would sit in their doorways mm-hmm. while chapel 
was piped in through speakers overhead for them to be able to worship together, you know, and uh, they, our, our staff have been very fluid in their response uh, of how to serve our residents. And I, you know, I think, I think that has helped them become a, a more cohesive team together in one way. You know, one of the developments that I, I think is somewhat unique too is our industry was hit very, very hard. Starting with the news that came out of, uh, you know, the, the West Coast of the original coronavirus invasion that came into the United States. Uh, it was in early or late February that uh, that started in the nursing home. And so our, our nursing home, long-term care, adult care communities were hit really hard by this. And I shared, it did impact us. We saw the fact that because we did not have new residents moving in, our census declined about 20, just a little bit over 20% at one point. It's rebounded. Many facilities did not have that. Some facilities uh, had 100% of their residents test positive for COVID. Many of them have not had a single person move back in. And that leads to some unique opportunities as we look at a view from 30,000 feet. When I became president, I cast a vision of really the ministry expanding. Uh, if you look at the history of Baptist homes, uh, we started 108 years ago for a good portion of our history. Arcadia Valley was the sole campus. Uh, back in the late 1980s, we added a campus in Chillicothe. Then in the late 90s and 2000s, we added the campus in Ozark. Currently, we have a new campus under construction in Ashland. But what about opportunities to expand? And COVID has created some very unique opportunities as we are currently uh, in really what I would call now the final negotiation process of acquiring uh, two facilities in the Kansas City Metroplex, one in the city of Adrian, Missouri. Um, these are facilities, a couple of them closed due to COVID. They just could not maintain serving residents with the, the decline in, in census. And one facility is still operating, uh, but they're operating now at about 20% of their capacity which is not a, a viable structure. And uh, these, these are facilities that have really struggled. And if you wanna talk about kind of making a fire sale, uh, it's a very unique environment. Facilities that, for example, might've been purchased for $4 million about 16 months ago are pretty much now going for 10 cents on the dollar. I mean, that's the, the literal amount, 10 cents on the dollar over what the purchase price was just 18 months ago. And so Baptist Homes is looking at uh, acquiring some uh, facilities that will allow us to do continuum of care. Uh, we would envision eventually one of these facilities, particularly uh, it's one in Smithville, Missouri, that would potentially target veterans and really be a, a home that would be very different than your traditional veterans home. If you think of a veterans nursing home, I've visited many uh, veterans nursing homes and they're all the same. You have two beds per room, you have four beds per bathroom. And it's that old traditional model of the institutional nursing home. Imagine a facility where every veteran would have their own bathroom, their own bedroom, their own living room. 
in a community that also provides the spiritual uh, support that we are uniquely able to give as Baptist home. And so uh, we're pretty excited about these opportunities. And uh, again, these are ones that the board has given us a blessing to move forward on. And so we're just, again, uh, right now we're not under contract, but probably by the time this podcast is, is actually available, I would anticipate that we will be under contract with these facilities. So I would just encourage people to, to be looking and praying for us, praying that we will be wise as we look at how we can take what was bad. You know, I think of Romans 8, 28, where we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him, those called according to his purpose. You know, nobody would ever want to repeat 2020. We don't want to repeat the pandemic, but can we see good coming out of it? For Baptist homes and healthcare ministries, I think we can see quite a few things good coming out of this. It has also been an opportunity to accelerate our move into hospice and eventually to home health care because we've come to realize that in this environment that we live in today, for Baptist homes to be effective at being able to serve and provide our unique philosophy and standard of care, um, to, to serve more of Missouri, uh, we need to be able to be in the homes. And so a little bit later, I'll hopefully get to share a little bit about some of our new staff that's coming on and uh, we'll be helping to head up uh, what will become a hospice ministry. Well, those changes that, that you all just mentioned kind of brings Joe into the equation here. And Joe, we'll, we'll invite you to speak here momentarily as well. But, uh, you know, with additional opportunities, with additional expansion, new facilities coming on, uh, that is a part of why it can't just be called the Baptist home. If, As we think about the Baptist home in general, that would imply a singular home. Obviously, there have been multiple homes over the past several years, as you just mentioned, Rodney. But now we're to Baptist homes and healthcare ministries that incorporates new homes, that incorporates new services, hospice, et cetera. So share a little bit about the name change. And then uh, Joe, as chief operating officer, obviously you're coming in to oversee all of this. So uh, let, let's start with you. How, how, how do you see your role coming in? We'll, we'll get to other staff and other expertise momentarily, but uh, how do you see your role fitting into this as, as these expansions are happening? Right now, I'm a big sponge, trying to soak it all in, and I'm thankful to work with these men. And uh, the thing that really impressed me about the opportunity, and as we talked, was really two different things. It was the sanctity of life. It's one thing that really just stuck out to me, but then the dignity, the dignity of the senior care. And that really stuck out to me because part of my journey, I don't have the long experience in this particular industry, although I have some corporate experience, but part of my journey is my mother passed away about four years ago. And then at that time, my father uh, needed to go into independent living and assisted living and then to memory care. So I was one of the customers, so to speak, on the other side of the family side. And so I, I learned a lot about that. I'm thankful that he had good care. I'm thankful for the love that he received in the home where he was in the, for the service. But that showed me how important that was. 
from the family side, but then also the dignity. So that's why those things really rang true for me for being able to have this opportunity to serve. Uh, having the experience in the nonprofit, but then also in the commercial finance industry, really the way that God has wired me, Andy, is I say that I'm a corporate brain and a ministry heart. Hmm. To me, the Baptist home is a ministry, but it also is a way that has to function in order to stay a ministry and to provide the service for the residents. And so to be able to help grow and improve teamwork, um, I love that. And that's part of what I bring to the table. But then also working with systems and process management. How do we do that? What's that look like? How do we involve team? How do we become more efficient? It's not just about pushing people, but what do we do to gain those efficiencies? But then also to get the campuses to function together as one unit. And so that's some of my heart, some of my passion and what I look forward to. But right now, I'm just a big sponge. Uh, learning as much as I can from from these men, and I look forward to making some uh, additional contributions as we move forward. Sure, sure. Rodney, do you want to uh, speak then to the name change and how that allows you to grow the or to expand the opportunities uh, from a from a formal perspective in that way? Okay, well, thank you. Upon becoming president, several people would uh, came to me and they they would ask, "Why do they call it?" The Baptist home. I understand you have a campus in Chillicothe. I understand you have a campus in Ozark. You're building a campus in Ashland. Wouldn't it be the Baptist homes or Baptist homes? And so, uh, you know, hearing that, not just from one or two, but but more like probably 20 or 30 individuals that in that first few months, uh, they poise that question. I also benefited from reading an article written by our communications director, Becky Barton, that had talked about the various name changes throughout the history of this ministry. You know, back when we, it was first started, uh, Dr. Riggs, it was, it was called the, the Baptist Home for the Aging. Um, another time it was the uh, Missouri Baptist Home for the aging. Uh, there was a couple different variations of that. So I, I first of all wanted to reflect that we are more than one campus, hence the plural uh, homes. But also we're much more than just homes. We are moving into expanded healthcare ministries. And uh, for example, I've already mentioned hospice and down the road, probably home health. But one of the things that we're doing is, is memory care and inclusive memory care. I'm going to have Ron just talk a little bit about what that will look like. And that is, again, an added ministry that we are providing. Thank you for joining us today. In the next episode, I will continue this roundtable conversation with Rodney Harrison, Ron Mackey, and Joe Oveling as we continue to look at a view from 30,000 feet. Biblical Perspectives on Aging is brought to you by Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, a ministry committed to setting a Christ-like standard of care for the aging. For more information, go to thebaptisthome.org. That's all one word, thebaptisthome.org. Together, we can be the voice for the aging. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. 
To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.